0: Do you want to start today? No, no. I will bow to your seniority.
1: (laughs) As a presenter. Uh, The big laugh you hear is our guest today that we'll introduce you to in just a moment. I'm Richard Keyes. This is Andy Gray. We are unplugged, as we've said a number of times since we started the series. Uh, This programme 11 on Mm. April the 7th, a little more relaxed than you perhaps expect to see us uh, under usual circumstances. But these are not normal circumstances. Uh, Message very early in the piece today be careful stay safe stay safe stay socially distanced and um, stay thoughtful Uh, this program airs five days a week on B in sports and it's also available for our international viewers on YouTube newspapers first and I thought I'd start with some really good news for you today go on in my trawl around the local newspapers yesterday this from the Liverpool Echo what (laughs) (laughs) Everton News Yes. Jesse Lingard linked. First or seventh? <laughs> really? He could do a lot for your football club. I thought about that last night. You know, he could. Excuse uh, me. Tom Davis, for instance. No. Fashion tips. He's got his own fashion line. He could help it. Tom. No, I'm sorry. You're sorry what? I'm
0: sorry, no. I can think of many better players I'd rather see in an Everton Shelton than Jesse. Greatest to respect, Jesse. <laughs> I um, No. Not for me. Not my favourite, as you know. So.
1: <laughs> and this, just to spoil um, the football for you, when it returns, Newcastle United, linked with Alfredo Morelos, mm. as the price drops to £13 million. Wow. I think that's good business. That is good I'd business.
0: I mean, if Morelos can take his form at, at Ibrooks and put it into the Premier League, which is not a given, because many players have, have tried to do that from the lower leagues in England, from the... Premier League in yep. Scotland and not been able to take that form into the big league uh, in England. So, if he takes it in, then for 13 million, Newcastle get themselves a great player. But, you know, at the moment, Stephen Gerrard's done a brilliant job with him this season. Really fantastic. He's got hold of him, he's contained him, he's not let Rangers down as much as he did last season. Uh, and I think it's
1: benefited Rangers. So, uh, never mind all that. The Irish Times. And here's one to keep an eye on. Um, Mick McCarthy good friend of ours uh, left his job early says he wants to continue in the business good luck to him He's only 61 for goodness sake <laughs> um, he had a two-year deal the Irish FA have got themselves into a bit of a problem because Robbie Keane his assistant had a four-year deal ah. and the incoming management have no plans to include him uh, they're taking Damien Duff I think as assistant alright uh, so they've got a big problem now with what well, to do Would just, with just Robbie. Have to pay Robbie up well you would think so yeah um, th- this is current and, and understandable I think uh, plans to launch a fighting fund for NHS have been halted by the desire of some Premier League overseas footballers to contribute to their own health services I, I get, get that, that. Mm-hmm. totally I 100% that. Um, really do I get that, I've always seen Sadio Mane has contributed a huge amount of money to Senegal yes. to help their NHS so it's not a one size fits all, we'll no. come back to it no. in a moment uh, thoughts with the family of um, Radiy Antish, the man who scored Luton's Goal at Manchester City yeah. all those years ago yeah. to keep the first. Pleti's run on the bench, yeah. Yeah. The only man to have managed Barca, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid. Wow, isn't that extraordinary? That's yeah, extraordinary. Uh, sad, sad. Uh, current speculation about when we restart: there might just be two weeks between the end of this current season and the start Told of you. next. Nothing else to add here. I said to you yesterday: by the time this program is shown, we record early morning; it's shown late afternoon. Liverpool would have changed their minds. Mm-hmm. They did, honestly. Uh, back page of the mirror, defeat for Liverpool. Uh, Peter Moore, of course, the chief exec. We, 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 we spoke widely to the various stakeholders, and uh, that conclusion we came to was the wrong one. Um, in other words, don't blame me. No. Everybody was involved. Mm-hmm. But there's also at the bottom end here, victory. Um, uh, Liverpool fans have been assured by uh, Alexander Cheferin, the chief exec of UEFA, yeah. that, that one way or another, they will win the title. Um, he said he can't imagine a scenario where that isn't the case, even if the season isn't ended. The only problem with this is that it's nothing to do with you, Mr Cheffery.
0: No, it
1: isn't. It's a view, but absolutely nothing to do with you. Thoughts with Pep Guardiola as well? Yes. Mum died from coronavirus. Uh, he and City's staff have said they will take pay cuts voluntarily. Uh, Gordon Taylor, Chief exec of the Premier League, who the Daily Mail are battering at the moment. And I, I, I think it's grossly unfair. Um, Gordon has said probably not helped his case too much we're not taking pay cuts the over 60s at the PFA will continue to earn full salary wages (laughs) gone he's He's (laughs) over 60. (laughs) -60. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is another problem with with taking sweeping cuts um, in, in salaries the Premier League's hopes of unified wages have been made virtually impossible by relegation clauses already hitting players With reductions at the end of this current Mm -hmm. season. There are eight clubs at the moment that could, um, in fact are involved, and also you've got to think about those players out of contract come the end of the season. Not everybody whose contract ends on June the 30th is going to find gainful employment on the terms that they currently earn. So it's something else to think about and why I think the PFA are, in my view, are needed in these negotiations to find a sensible way through.
0: Of course they are.
1: said yesterday I'd tell you how Fabio Capello got the England manager's job our guest today I think is going to be fascinated by this happy to share it with you because it is something that's aired here in our part of the world the Middle East and North Africa previously Uh, we got to know Ramon Calderon very well yes we did down the years the first time we spoke to Ramon was when we were on the radio Um, neither of us had any idea whether it was him or just someone with a (laughs) Spanish accent pretending (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was brilliant. we're getting mugged here uh, enough, but he so not. fabio capallo around about november december in the last season that he was manager of real madrid and it was the year that he'd consigned beckham to train alone so i think 2006 if memory serves me Ish, yeah, yeah. went to see ramon who was then uh, president of real madrid and he said look I-, I can't do this job now um my view is we're not finishing better than sixth this year <laughs> ramon looked at him stunned and he said sixth he said fabio if we finished sixth me and you need to buy a one-way ticket to Australia that's it he said no we're, we're not what do you mean you want to leave he said I want to leave. I, want, I want to go it's, this isn't working um, Ramon let him go called together what he called his captains Casillas Salgado who our guest today knows very well signed him and Raul, Raul. put it to the boys manager wants to go coach uh, to use the correct phraseology in Spain um, what are we going to do that the attitude was well he's not going anywhere he can see his contract out. But what we'll do from this point is we'll run it from the dressing room <laughs> and we'll win the title this year. Point one, Beckham gets back involved, yeah, he which he did, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fabio was told, sit there and, and, and keep quiet. Come the end of the season when Real had won the title in a dramatic last-day last day day. finish yeah, of the, Orca, yeah, I won it in the last day. Um Brian Barwick, then Chief Executive of the English Football Association, rang... Uh, Il Presidente, Ramon Calderon, to say any any reason why, if we make an approach for Fabio Capello, you, you would have a problem with that. <laughs> Ramon thought all his Christmases come up on the same day. As long as the compensation <laughs> is vast. <laughs> and Real Madrid's problem was was then England's problem, mm. and and we all know what happened. Yeah, it's anyway, extraordinary, isn't that extraordinary? It is an extraordinary story. I, I I'm not sure what quite the moral is whether Graham Suness is right and players can drive from within the dressing room but trust me capella who was telling tales on saturday and that's why i tell you that story when you do you have to expect that somebody might mm. remember one about you mm. um anyway um consigned to history fabio yes. and england eventually we did get ourselves an englishman and this is a subject we discussed yesterday yeah. and here's the only man that left the england post with a 100 record yes big <laughs> sam <laughs> <Allodice>. <laughs>
0: Just sound good well, Sam. That does a story, good. by the way. What a
1: story. It's what a unbelievable, story. Unbelievable, isn't it all true? I mean, you 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 signed Mitchell, you can speak to Mitchell Salgado about that anytime. Oh, but absolutely yeah. true. I mean yeah November, December, Ramon couldn't believe what he was hearing. I want out. We can't finish better than sixth. What amazing. does that say
2: to you? What an amazing story. What an amazing story. Michelle Salgado was a great Great signing for me at Blackburn, lads, as you well know. I mean, he was, he was outstanding. What, what well, a professional, what well, well, we've got you, in my on that subject. Well,
0: we've got you. How on earth did you get Michel Saldado from Real Madrid to Bolton? Blackburn? Blackburn, Blackburn. sorry. Blackburn.
2: I, 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 An agent approached me saying that uh, he, wants to, he wants to come to uh, uh, England. Um, I'm finding it difficult to have a club. Would you be interested? And I said, well, we'll get Michel Soldado over and um, uh, me and Michelle Salgado spent the whole afternoon uh, into the early evening at Northcote Manor as you well know up at uh, Old Lango by Blackburn's training ground and we had such a great conversation that uh, he woke up the next day and said yeah that'd be great for me, I- I'd like to sign, I'd like to come and play for you. Um, uh, we were trying to keep this quiet actually in the. Uh, a couple of old, a couple of old guys had recognised who, who it was and asked for a photo, and that ended up all over the papers the day after. <laughs> so it was, it wasn't kept very quiet, like you know. But luckily enough, he had his medical the day after, signed the contract, and uh, uh, spent a couple of seasons with me, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed his professionalism. So, he, so he, ch- so he turned so... the, he turned Sorry, the uh, restaurant into, uh, into a Spanish tapper's restaurant for his birthday. Brought all the gear himself, everything. Right. We just had a great day. Really great lad.
1: I was just thinking, those two old guys weren't me and Andy, were they, Bernard? <laughs> <laughs> no, no but you were a lot Sam, younger then. Sam, just
0: tell us that story about uh, Mitchell when he when he went in to play for you against Stoke City, was it away Stoke. from home, and you had he had to
2: face a long throw from the halfway line. He went a long throw from the halfway line. Goes, oh my God, what's happening here? What's I think going it was on? Paul, who was it? Paul, Paul Robinson. Robinson. Paul Robinson in goal. <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: Shetty yeah. Mitchell. Mitchell back, back here. Back here with me, in the, here, and the just got it's on the halfway line. Paul, why do you want me in the penalty area? Back
2: here, Mitchell. Back here. <laughs> <laughs> did you not also get close to oh, level at one point like, mo- like most uh, players did when they first come I think. Uh, uh he he made his debut at Everton if I remember. Unfortunately for him, it, it was it was such a tough, tough debut for him. I had to take him off for half time. But once he got to grips with it, uh we had a great season, finished yeah. tenth that season.
1: Yeah, sorry Sam, did, did you not also get close to Lewandowski at one point? Lewandowski didn't come because
2: of the because of the ash cloud. So uh, me and the Chiefs cat went to watch Lewandowski, met with his agent after Made of a bid uh, that got accepted, I believe, at eight million euros, and unfortunately the ash cloud cancelled all flights, so he couldn't fly into into England. We were waiting for him, and then uh, and then the next thing, I think, he signed for Borussia Dortmund, and that was the end of it.
1: Well, I
2: think that... the good thing about that is he tells that story. He <laughs> uh, <Lewandowski laughs> actually it tells true. that story himself. Yeah. So uh, it was one that uh, had we got him at Blackburn Rovers at that time. Who knows? I might still be there.
1: <laughs> you know you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Don't be silly, Sam. No chance. <laughs> just, just whilst we're on the subject, who who would be another of the high-profile misses? Someone you got very close to that we we, we know. Well, it was uh, Rivaldo, wasn't it, from uh, Brazil? Rivaldo. Uh, or
2: Ronaldo? Was it Rivaldo? Ronaldo. Or, uh, he, he he. We met him in. The Manchester Hotel. When I was at Bolton uh, in the Lowry for uh, three or four hours, um, uh, thought we'd impressed him enough uh, to come and join us. Um, uh, and unfortunately, he decided not to come. But uh, that was probably one of the one of the bigger ones that uh, that didn't quite make it uh, coming coming over to England. People love the Premier League, Andy. That's uh, uh, Richard. People love the Premier League so much at that particular time, particularly. That they couldn't wait to get here, and I think it's still like that now. And then it wasn't, it wasn't, it was about the money, but perhaps not as much as it is about the money now. It was about playing in the Premier League mm. and uh, and enjoying themselves while they were here. And uh, we we'll be a fabulous side, uh, and players like that wanted to come and play in the Premier League.
0: Is it better now, Sam? I mean, it gives us a chance to look back in this enforced break we've got to maybe the history a bit about the Premier League. Do you feel the Premier League is better now
2: than it was say when you were at Bolton? I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm not so sure about that because I'm not so sure that because of the cost of football today yeah. that we we actually keep as many quality players as we used to, Andy. You know, I think that now we have to limit. The amount of top quality players we have because of the costs, and I think people's squads, particularly if you look on the front line. If you look on the front line across the Premier League, who has more than two strikers?
0: Oh, Some yeah.
2: have one, particularly Tottenham. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, after uh, uh, Kaney, who've they got? Didn't anybody to really replace him? Have they? No. Like, you know, but you know, in, in the early 2000s, we, we were there, and you were at Man United with. You know, Cole, you know, Solskjaer, Sheffingham, you know, it, it was it York. was, it, you know, <laughs> you it was know, unbelievable. Dwight York, you know, so they had four top quality strikers, Man United at that time. And I think that was across the board, but an Arsenal bird camp Reed. you know, that, you know, it was, I think it was a, from a, from a squad point of view, there were bigger and better quality players then you could keep. Now there are top quality players, but there's fewer of them.
1: Yeah. Just on the subject of Alan Shearer, you made me think, Andy, he didn't sign for Manchester United. Although they did try twice. But uh, Sam was there, a fabulous dinner that we used to host in London, um, a legends dinner, and Alan was being honoured for a lifetime achievement award by Sir Alex Ferguson. And it was about (laughs) the first time, I think, publicly, that the two had ever been seen in the same room. And, of course, Fergie wanted to have the last word and made the point to Alan at the end of the presentation that had you joined us, you'd have won a whole lot more and Alan <laughs> very quickly fired back, so would you. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, uh, that was a good answer. answer. Uh, it was a good answer. I'm not sure, yeah, sure You could very, have won very, a lot more. Well, I, I think you'd have won the European Cup perhaps more done, than yeah. once, and that's that's one of his great regrets. But listen, Sam, on the, we, we've talked about it briefly uh, at, the, at the top of the show. Where are you in the current debate on football players' wages and 30% pay cuts? <laughs> well, well,
2: it's usually difficult and, uh, and there's one thing for sure, the politicians should stay out of it. They've got enough on the plate without coming trying to assert more pressure on what is a, a very difficult situation. They've got enough to be coping with rather than trying to create a a, a problem within the, within the game and within the public and within the press writing headlines about it again because we don't see anybody writing about other top sportsmen who earn millions and millions of pounds cutting their wages by 30% or 40 or 50%. So it's the same old, same old. It's always edited at the footballers, which does annoy me. I get your point about the foreign players. They would want to help their own countries. Uh, in general, I would love are we helping are we helping the NHS or are, are we helping the clubs survive because of the cash crisis, as everybody's going to suffer? Now, while a club Uh, uh, gets millions and millions of pounds, it also spends millions and millions of pounds very, very quickly. And there's not too many Premier League clubs won't won't go into debt with this problem if it continues by just paying the full wages. So something has to give somewhere along the line if it continues, Uh, quite what it is. But deferral of payments should obviously be done by players. And I think this all erupted by by the furloughing of staff outside of the football football club and that is the big disappointment if I was a manager I would sit down with the players and say can we not support the staff and keep them on the wages can we not give our, some of our wages and tell tell the club that we would want to pay them 100% until they actually could come back because without them you've got you haven't got a football club richard andy you know, you, you, you just need those people. They love the football club. That most of them have been there for years and years and years and you just need to support them in the in these hard times. And, and footballers and Premier League footballers particularly can f- support the staff who are who are worried about their families, worried about where the next wage packet's coming from.
1: Do you think, Sam, the line has got blurred between public dismay now as it's surfaced, being aware of the outlandish salaries the top players earn and taking a cut to help the NHS if indeed that is what it's going to do and others around the football club. The fact that footballers, uh, to go back to the start of the question, earn these exorbitant amounts of money is an irrelevance Mm. to a degree in the argument about taking deferrals, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. I mean, the other the other scenario is, and and the
1: other scenario
2: is is, is Andy, that probably Premier League footballers are the biggest contributors to tax in this country. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think
1: any firm. I'm talking about
2: the size of the Premier League. Yes. How many players there are, I think they will pay more tax in this country than any other firm across this country or any other sport.
1: It, it's estimated, Sam... Sorry, Sam, it's... You,
2: there's, there's only a few hundred. Yeah. They're paying 40% plus, plus the national insurance. If they defer wages, as somebody's already pointed out, to file that's £200 million in deferrals mm. to the tax map. So how does it help? Is that, is that going to help? And I think most of the clubs would want deferrals to help themselves get through this problem. But I do think it's... It's a
1: split. I think footballers themselves should come out and help the NHS anyway, and support the NHS. and managers. Yes. Yeah. The gross figure, by the way, I think, is estimated to be around about a billion mm. in terms of tax contributions. Sam,
0: Sam, you you know you know footballers. You've been around them. Where one been around them long enough, particularly in the Premier League as well. But don't you believe, like I do, that footballers in general want to help? They want to be shown to have some empathy with what's going on around the, the, the country at the moment. They want to help, but they want control of where that help is going to be directed and they don't just want to be docked wages and have no idea mm. where this money's going. Isn't that
2: right for them to be worried about that? Oh absolutely. I mean they, they have to make sure that in what they're, what they're going to sign or what they're going to agree to, is legally correct for them and their families and mm. uh, and can't, there can be no comebacks on it when it's all over all over, and, it, and we clear up again and we start playing again because have they signed something that, that isn't correct? And I think that's what Gordon Taylor's on about. If we see the right documentation, by whether that's a standard document across the board I think would be impossible to do, but each club and each individual club can sit down with the players, the captain and the PFA. Yeah and come to some agreement. I think I heard the Burnley chairman only yesterday saying if if they don't play between now and the end of the season, they might actually go bust. Yes. So, that, I've, I've that's a that. shortage of cash that they've got for paying wages at the moment. So, something has to give and certainly players, I think, have always wanted to give generously yes. wherever I've been, particularly in the Premier League because they give generously every week, Andy. Mm. They financially give some of their money every week to to support the local areas in the community and they also give their time willingly to support the community by turning out to many many places throughout that week before they play each game so they are constantly doing good but that that is not what really gets publicized that much
1: I noticed a piece yesterday, Sam, I referenced it, that you did with Steve Bates at the weekend, and you, you, you said football will never be the same again when we restart. What did you mean by that?
2: Yeah. Well, I felt, speaking to Steve, I felt that uh, the, 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 the global devastation we're suffering means that everybody's income will probably reduce dramatically. And as we know, uh, we all... We're all feeling the benefit, or I've felt the benefit, of subscribers throughout the world paying to watch Premier League football. And will that happen again? Will people have the money to say that we can pay this much a month to watch our Mm. beloved game, watch the Premier League across the world? I'm not so sure. It, It may come back eventually when the country turns around or the world turns around. But I think for the time being, I think there's going to be a shortage of finance for families to actually pay subscriptions to to watch live games. And that might be a problem. And I think that uh, we might all have to adjust for a while before that actually comes back. Do you see the game back, Sam, anytime soon? Oh, Andy, we'd all love for the season to finish. And there's no doubt about that. And me, me as much as anybody else. Um, but how can we? Mm. How can we even think about it when we are lambasting everybody for for not doing enough social distancing in this country? There's still one or two and the weather's got even better again and we hope that everybody adheres to it. There are lockdowns worse than this in many, many other countries. So how can we think about going playing football? There is no cure. There is no vaccination. And I can't see us getting back to playing football until such time as we have a vaccination that actually clears up this virus and i think that that makes life very very difficult for everybody to say we want to finish every division every football match in this country and then start again whenever the time is right
1: they haven't been badly affected in germany as other european countries i noticed that bayern munich went back to work yesterday training in small groups of a few five. others have done it as well no, no, nobody shaking hands with each other which no. is common practice these days but w- would you be happy right now sam to contemplate Going back to work anytime soon? Well, I, I I would I
2: I've had news this week when I woke up and obviously we don't watch the news for too long because obviously it can really get you down. But mm. one thing happened this week that really brought it home to me was two two young nurses died in their yes. 30s uh, treating people with coronavirus, and both those nurses had three children each. Oh and And so, when you're listening to news like that, how can we think about actually interreacting if if not interreacting is the way forward to stop spreading this virus? and when we're listening more and more to the scientists, we are we we it's on it's on even though we're getting deliveries you know it's on the boxes, it's on the paper it's on it's on the door handles, it's on on everything. So you've got to continue to wash and sterilise nearly everything that arrives at your door now, even now. You know, even though it's just a few bags with supermarkets, it may be on that, you know, and I think it's such a a devastating virus that we have to be as vigilant as possible and if football has to suffer just for one season, as disappointing as it is for everybody, and I'm a football manager, you know, we have to think about lives and nothing else and staying safe and that's the word that really should go around the world.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Could, could not have put that any better to be fair no uh, thank you for your time this morning Sam thank you Sam on a unique day in really? Bolton I would suggest to you yes yeah I look behind Sam and see sunshine and not rain
2: <laughs> it is sunshine it's beautiful
1: <laughs> here in Bolton sunny Bolton uh, but we all must remember we can't
2: go out we have to stay in and be vigilant or we can go out in our own back gardens yeah. yes yeah, I've got a
0: funny feeling your garden could take a 30 minute walk Sam don't you worry about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> really. Sam, great to talk and thanks, thank Sam. you again for taking and good time to speak to good to see you and keep safe thanks Sam yeah, you too Sam Allardyce you former England manager too. of course uh, thoughtful I would suggest to yes, you and as uh, always, correct on many subjects mm. uh, so that's it then uh, for day 11 and uh, the, the, the view spectacular uh, the country strange like so many other parts of the world because uh, largely we're in lockdown you can probably hear some and the weather's ramping going up. on but it, it is getting warm this virus is to be uh, uh, Attacked by warmth. We'll let you know soon because uh, temperatures are rising above the 30s here. Uh, Thank you once again for your company. Five days a week we're on Be In Sports. International viewers, I repeat, as we started, this program is available for you on YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow.